0: G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au.
1: T's and C's apply in South Wales. Authorisation number TP slash 01005. On
0: 882 6PR, inspiring stories for Barra and O'Day. Don't miss out on the little moments, because the little things are everything.
1: Hello, my name is Tim McMillan. Welcome to another episode of Inspiring Stories brought to you by Bower and O'Day. Don't miss out on the little moments because the little things are everything. You will know the identity of my guest in this episode as soon as we switch his microphone on. We haven't done it yet. (laughs) But you'll know who he is if you've turned on a radio in Perth in the last 30 or 40 years or so. Uh, He ruled the airwaves uh, for many years uh, in Perth and he's been causing trouble and wreaking havoc ever since (laughs) including getting kicked off uh, the world's most popular social media platform a number of times uh, and getting up to all sorts of antics. So looking forward to hearing all about the life and times of the one and only Gary Shannon. How are you Gary? I
2: thought you were going to say Dennis the Menace. (laughs) I'm good Tim and and great uh, to be here. Thanks for the invite. Although I know why I'm here because uh, in these difficult times, uh, you know, with borders closed, I know it's very difficult to find um, special guests and and I I knew uh, somebody told me that it was between me and Clive Palmer. So <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm glad I made the cut. <laughs> Thank you, you have very indeed. much.
1: Yeah, Clive's on next week.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they are desperate times.
1: <laughs> How's the year been, Gary?
2: Yeah, well, like everybody else's, it's, um, you don't know what to expect next, do you? No. Um, um, I mean, uh, uh, good news, I think, coming out of Melbourne at the moment with um, uh, lower... Um, it counts every day with the uh, coronavirus. I think it's 10 today, but yesterday was five, so it's still a little bit, um, you know, uh, mm-hmm. inconsistent. Yep. But But uh, we've got high hopes for Melbourne because, really, Melbourne and Victoria as a whole has um, really affected the, the rest of the nation in yep. a big big kind of way. So, yep. uh, as they say, we're all in it together, I guess. Yeah. But uh, for me, um, so lucky, as you'd know, Tim, here in WA, gosh, we've been the superstars, really, mm. haven't we? Mm. And um,
1: don't don't jinx us, though. No,
2: no. I was going to say we've we've had our hiccups. (laughs) uh, But more recently, we're leading almost um, a normal West Australian life. Yes. Uh, Yes. And you've you've got to take your hat off to McGowan, I guess. Uh, We don't like to encourage him too much. He's a politician. Uh, But, um, yeah, he deserves a a pat on the back, at least, uh, for making the decision against uh, some pretty heavy oppo. Uh, to keep those borders closed. And it certainly has worked. It proves that um, uh, social distancing uh, is a big thing when it comes mm. to uh, a pandemic. Yeah.
1: Even though a lot of people seem to have completely forgotten about it. But look, we haven't had community transmission here for a long time. No. So you can understand, to some extent, people's complacency. What's mm. it been like, though, having your son hold up in Melbourne, though, for, for a large part of 2020?
2: Yeah, well, Jake, um, his name's Jake, and um, he uh, he's born and bred West Aussie, of course, and a Well, he's been over there three years now. He uh, decided they're
1: holding him hostage.
2: Yes, (laughs) and uh, no, he's hiding from me actually, (laughs) and my reputation. No, not really. He. he uh, since a, a little boy, he used to film fantasy movies at home and yep. and all sorts of stuff, and he ended up going that way. That uh, was just
1: a documentary of your that, life. That's Gary. right, and he hasn't finished it yet.
2: <laughs> yeah. Thank heavens. Uh, he went to Murdoch Uni and did um, you know uh, television and radio and all that sort of stuff. And not that he's ever been interested in radio; it's always been uh, film and, and um, the arts for, for Jake. Um, yeah, so he ended up going to WAPA, um a few years back, and he uh, really excelled there, and he he actually won uh, the Channel 9 um, uh, Best Media Award and also he picked up um, at WAPR, he picked up uh, Director of the Year wow. for a film that he'd made yep. and uh, that sort of skyrocketed his name around the place so he decided uh, that uh, Perth wasn't the place to be, that uh, Melbourne would be more his style. He went over there, got a job with a, um, a couple of agencies, uh, a couple of renowned agencies but of course uh, being in Melbourne uh, when the COVID hit, uh, sadly, Jake and all all his um, friends, uh, they lo- they lost. They didn't even get uh, job keeper. They lost their jobs. Uh, so he's on job seeker. Um, so that's where he's at, and uh, he's been um, locked down like everybody else over yeah. there. But I'm proud of him. I told him the other day I was proud of him because he's dealt with it very well, and he's using the time. He's got fit. He's given up drinking. And I,
1: and I said, what's that like? That's a rarity, I think. <laughs> Most of them have gone the other way.
2: In my family, it is. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, well, he has, and uh, he's, he's, he's quite a good cook. So he he's living in a house. Uh, there's three of them in there, and um, he, he he does the majority of the cooking. And, um Uh, At one stage there, you were allowed to visit the shops once a week and send one person down. So he was the um, allocated uh, shopper. Mm. And uh, he's been writing – he's written a couple of short movies. He's working on a feature right now. So he's keeping very busy and he's keeping fit. Uh, so, as I said, I'm, I, I mm. gave him the thumbs-up the other day. I said, I'm, I'm mighty proud of you, mate. Good on you. Yeah, yeah so... Good it's, stuff.
1: It's good, yeah. And what about you, Gary? I mean, a lot of people have come to know and love you over many, many years. Yeah. But the Gary Shannon that we hear on the airwaves, is yep. that the real Gary Shannon? Is, I'd, I'd was, like, it, was it ever even just a little bit of an act?
2: I'd like to think it's uh, the real me because um, I, I, I'm not a very good actor. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, I guess... Um, I started out at Channel 9 and 6KY. KY, of course, are now mixed, 94.5, mm. with the FM conversion. Um, that was w- late 1972, and I've got the tattoo that you just saw, Tim, <laughs> yeah. on my arm. I went to <laughs> I went to Thailand, got, got horribly under the weather. Some people come back with much
1: worse from those <laughs> you, holidays. You should,
2: see, you should see the one on my back. <laughs> no, not really. And I got uh, radio used and a microphone, and uh, uh, December 72 to... When is it? December? Uh,
0: 2010. Thank you.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I don't see it that often. <laughs> and, yeah, I, I, that was a bit of fun and did that. Uh, but way, way back, I was a kid out of um, South Fremantle High School. Yeah. Um, And uh, went, went to Hilton Park Primary School, so I was sort of a state school kid. Uh, loved footy. Loved Frio. Um, big South Fremantle fan. And they're playing uh, well, they would have played by the time you would have uh, you'll hear this interview, uh, but they're playing in a grand final at Fremantle Oval. I'm in heaven. I'm going along, <laughs> uh, so good luck to them. And uh, yeah, that's where I come from, you know. Uh, but I was actually born in Scarborough. Yes, um, in in Gildercliffe Street. The old house is still standing. Went past it the other day. And um, I went to uh, uh, North Scarborough Primary School.
1: So you still remember your days in Scarborough? I do. Mm.
2: When I went back there, and I did go back there, my mum was still alive and... uh, and I, I bought this uh, t- t- townhouse across the road from an oval. I, I went out on the balcony with my mum and I said, gee, this looks very familiar. She said, so it should. And she pointed across directly across the overseas. She said, that's the kindergarten you went to. Wow. And I said, get away. I remember that. And I remember the sandpit. It was all the same. <laughs> and, um, yeah, so my dad worked for West Australian Newspapers. And uh, he got uh, transferred uh, to go to Fremantle. To yep. um, he was in uh, St George's Terrace, of course, initially, uh, and went to Fremantle to print the Daily News.
1: Oh, the good old Daily yeah,
2: News! Yeah, so he was um, transferred there. So it was a bit far to travel in those days by horse and cart. Um, and um, yeah, we we. we relocated to Hilton Park, mate. There you go. And uh, yeah, we had a tough footy team. We had our own coroner. <laughs> so did the school. Uh, but, yeah, I I, I really loved uh, growing up in both places where I came from. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah, really I, good.
1: I love the story about when you uh, you finished school at 16, you ended up then at, uh, at, at 6KY. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and you were asked to drive a car on the weekend. Oh yes, that <laughs> tell get, us that story. <laughs> that really. story gets out, doesn't <laughs> yeah. it? Well, uh, my, yeah. first, uh, my first, uh, my prim- first. Don't, don't anyone call the police right now. Either, by the way, <laughs> for what you're about to do. Can hear. I get arrested yeah. now? I don't know. <laughs> <I> the <don't know. laughs> statute of limitations, I think, applies. Surely. I'll let you know, Tim. Yeah. Um,
2: anyway, uh, I haven't.
1: I, I'm very rarely told this story. Yes. And, uh, it's a great story. Yeah. Uh, I
2: was. I was. I, I hadn't quite turned 16, so I was still 15. And I I, I, got, I started there in, the, in December '72, and uh, uh, was it? Yeah, I was still about to turn 16. So by the time this happened, I was 16. Oh,
1: good. That makes it a little less criminal. much
2: more mature driver. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So the the program director, Graham Cherry, he was a bit of a hero. He did the breakfast show and he was the program director and drove at the speedway and was a real, you know, I went in the first, very first Avon descent with him. Wow. Man, that's another story (laughs) I can tell you. Talk about banjos back in those days. <laughs> but anyway, um, yeah, uh, Graham, some, something happened with the roster and somebody got crook or somebody got fired or left or something and they had nobody to do the um, the beaches, which is, uh, you know, you, you get the big 6KY, huge Ford, big 6KY colour car and uh, you drive up and down the beaches on the weekends and uh, Saturday and Sunday, both days I did it. And uh, I did my first one on Saturday and uh, I, I had barely... You know, I think I'd done one little thing on the radio, and now yeah. all of a sudden I'm out there doing crosses saying, you know, come down to uh, Florian Beach. I'm down here with a, a special spray gun with oil, and I'll squirt it all over you, and you, you can lie in the sun. You know, those days, yeah. man. <laughs> get away with you, that They stuff. put you in jail now. Yeah, exactly. and in fact, I was doing a lot of things that, that you, they, you'd get yes. jail for back in yeah, those it's
1: days. Yeah, it's a wonder you're walking yeah. the streets right now.
2: Unbelievable, California. mate. <laughs> and anyway, so I, I did this, and I thought, oh, this is really cool. I'm on the radio, you know, I, straight out of South from High and feeling good. And um, anyway, uh, I did the weekend. I did the Saturday and the Sunday and came in Monday. And Graham Cherry, he, he called me down to his office and said, son, good work. Wonderful work, he said. Uh, you know, you sounded good, mate. Those crosses were very professional, and uh, uh, I'm proud of you, son. And uh, would, uh, would you like to do this full-time on the weekends during summer? Give away the, uh, the hats and the T-shirts and uh, spray people with, uh, you know, oil. Things. For, for Stuff, whatever it was. And anyway, I said, yeah, I'd love to. But uh, 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 do you want me to wait uh, until next year? And he said, well, I, said, well, I haven't got a licence. He said, what? A driver's licence? He said, can you drive? I said, will you? I drive all weekend. and I, I, I can drive because I, I, I spent a lot of time as a kid growing up on my uncle's farm down at Denmark and I can drive all right. Don't you worry. He said, oh, you can drive. He, but you haven't got – I said, well, I'm, I'm, st- I'm only 16. He said, oh, you're 16. You haven't got a driver's licence? I said, no. He said, oh, he said, okay. He said – well, you did a good job and you, you, you went all right. I said, yeah, not a, no dramas, mate. And he said to me, he said to me okay, uh, okay, mate. He said, yeah, you can do it. Uh, but if, 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 if you get caught, uh, tell them we didn't know. I said, I'm sorry? He said, we don't know that you don't have a license. Oh, okay, no worries, I said. But I never got pulled over, so it was all. I think I gave the coppers um, uh, one of our little show bags one of the days. <laughs> there was no questions asked.
1: As a distraction. <laughs> yeah, amazing day. I mean, imagine doing that today. Oh, wow. Oh,
2: yeah,
1: just yeah, insane. No chance. No chance. Yeah. And there really started a, a, a booming career on wow. the airwaves, Gary, which we will get into in more detail right after we take a break. Looking forward to it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is Inspiring Stories. Gary Shannon is our special guest, back with more in a moment.
0: You're listening to another inspiring story brought to you by Barra and O'Day because the little things are everything. This is Inspiring Stories with Tim McMillan on 882 6 br brought to you by Barra and O'Day because the little things are everything.
1: Welcome back to Inspiring Stories. We are hearing the story of the one and only Gary Shannon. So, Gary, it's the 70s. Mm. You're, you're still a teenager yep uh, looking to forge a career in in radio here in Perth what were the what were the 70s like young uh, wow. teenager in that industry
2: I can remember w- working for 6ky and um, in 1975 uh, every second record we played was either a sherbet or a Skyhooks. Mm. and uh, we became um, uh, 6KY, your Sherbet Station. <laughs> that's how dedicated it was to yeah. those two particular Australian bands. Yeah. Uh, they, were, they were massive, those two bands. Everybody loved Sherbet and everybody loved um, Skyhook. So that's one vivid remember I can I remember I did a car- character called Mr. Dull on Brian Layman's show. I was the world's dullest man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes, hello there, Brian. It's Dully. And I had a wife called du- uh, Dulcie and I had a dog, which was a dull. <laughs> Motion of course, and and I lived at uh, number uh, zero Plain Street and <laughs> Dull Keith and all sorts <laughs> yeah. of, you know. And Dully was a very popular character uh, on nights at 6KY. And, uh, yeah, and I never really – because at the time, Channel 9 said – because – when I first started in 72, Something. 73, uh, Sunday Times owned uh, 6KY and, yep. and they, we were in James Street in in Northbridge. So then I'd been there a year or so and uh, we were picked up by Channel 9 and hmm. went, went and worked out at Chewett Hill, which was a handy for a Hilton Park boy without a driver's <laughs> license. <laughs> That's, That's a, a few buses. <laughs> a few. And um, yeah, and so I'm out there and Channel 9 said, hey. We're looking for a new host for the kids' show. And, 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 and you know, I had long hair and I, I looked about 14, I suppose, at the time. Uh, and I got the gig and, and yep. I, I did um, uh, the Super Flying Fun Show at uh, Channel
1: 9 for three years. And now you're about to blow people's minds by reminiscing about the one and only Dunder Dunderclumpin'.
2: Do you remember Dunder Klumber? Vaguely. <laughs> and he, oh, he spoke, but mostly he analyzed Oh, yeah, Gary. Because he was a Swedish ca- cartoon character. Of and, and And, and, and there, was, there was a huge article. Why did Channel 9, you know, choose Dunder Klumpen to be the co-host of their, you know, kids show? And they interviewed me. I said, oh, no, it's none of those reasons. He's, they got the suit for free. <laughs> And that's a true story. He said. Yeah, they got the suit for free. <laughs> <laughs> so all of a sudden, it was the super flying fun show with Gary and Dunder <laughs> I started out solo, then they gave me a, a you know a sidekick. But uh, yeah, a what, free one. Oh, free, free one. <laughs> fabulous. Um, fabulous. Uh, times because i was doing that's another time i can't believe i was i was doing five um shows uh, you know in the afternoon on on channel nine with the kids show come come school holidays i was doing uh two hours in the morning uh, and we knocked off the early bird show with sandy baker thank you very much the first time channel nine ever won the ratings of the kids shows we did very well and uh in the afternoon i did an hour and then i'd come back at um like you know, 11 o'clock at night to do Midnight to Dawn on 6KY. Wow. Yeah, and that they were mid-dawns. They was six. Yep. They, they, were, they were midnight till six in the morning in those Brutal. days. And you had to talk after every record. Mm. And the records in those days were three minutes long, two minutes long. Yeah. So I was working extremely hard. In fact, I, was, my, I had my grandmother who lived in um, Mount Hawthorne, so I used to go and get a nap at, between um, – the shows, the the, the TV shows, uh, and ca- and go home for tea at and night. a, and a Pelloni, Pelloni with, yeah, I did all sorts of stuff. It was it was a really weird. I, I remember looking in the mirror one day and I was white. Yeah. <laughs> I thought, hang on, I'm 18 or whatever and I'm white and I'm worn out. Something's got a crack here. But, need some sun. Yeah, oh, mm. it was just work, work, work really but um, yeah. I loved every moment of it, Tim. It, yeah. was, it was fantastic for a young bloke. Uh, all of a sudden, the girls at school who you know, I was tried to hit on when I was at school, they uh, used to ignore me. They were all of a sudden interested because yeah. they were listening to me on the radio and I thought, Jesus, that guy's gone, yeah. gone, gone, Why, gone well. Why didn't entertain us like this at school? I should have grabbed even third year high.
1: <laughs> what were you like at school? Were you a good student? No, terrible. I,
2: yeah, I've always said um, I've, I've excelled at the things I like, and I've been dreadful at the things I didn't like.
1: You just didn't want to be. Just didn't apply yourself.
2: I only went to school for lunch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I, I, I enjoyed English. For strangely enough, I enjoyed uh, writing, you know, stories and essays and things like that. Hated maths. Hated social studies. Um, just got through, uh, with a bit of cheating and help from my friends, mm. um, in the exams. And um, now um, I was, I was what, what you'd call a, um, average student, you know, yeah. uh, I, I didn't try at all. Yeah. I couldn't wait to get down the park after school and kick the footy. Mm. Uh, my love was football yeah.
1: back then. And, uh. So what was your plan B, if not radio? Did you, did you have one?
2: Well, I didn't really have one, um, Weird times, wonderful times, actually, Tim, because I can remember when I left school, I was still 15, uh, I left school and went for seven apprenticeships, right? Yeah. Uh, Yeah, and uh, I got all of them. I got every one of them. And as I said, I wasn't an extremely good student, but there were that many jobs around and everybody, all kids left at 15 and got a job in those days. Um, And, uh, you know, it was a five-year apprenticeship and you're you're a tradie by the time you're twenty. Yeah. So, so, so
1: w- which which of those seven was most appealing to you? I took which it. Which life might you be leading right now?
2: I took it and uh, I did it. I did the um, probationary time, three months, yeah. I think it was. Yeah. Um, but I I thought oh I didn't like cleaning you know sweeping floors and going and get lunches and that's what a kid does and when you first started. But I was winding motors. I was an electrical fitter. Yeah. Right. Yeah. For um, Reed's Electric in Hampton Hampton Road, Fremantle. Right. And uh, and you know it was. They were great guys and, you know, I was only a kid and they looked at me and I came home and uh, I said to my mum, "I broke my mum and dad's heart because they were really proud that I was going to be you know, a, a tradesman and because my dad was a tradesman. Um, and I said, look, I don't, this is not me, I don't like it. And, you know, I'm, you know either, I either leave Reeds or I leave home, mum and dad. And so mum and dad said, "Oh, we don't want you to leave home, but what will you do?" I said, "I work something out." Yeah, and uh, <laughs> leave it lo- with me. Lay me down. A week later, I went to um, a, a, a Christmas party at my mates from school. He, his parents held a Christmas party. We all went to that. All boys that were friends, and um, their brother was the production engineer at 6KY. There you and, go. He, and he said he walked up and said. You guys, any young guys want to be in radio? I said, "Yeah, I do. I love the radio." And uh, he got me a, an audition with Graham Cherry. There
1: you went go. In
2: there, and uh, I got the job. And it was, and I, as soon as I walked in there, I felt this is what I want to do. Yep. I got bitten by the bug very early, Tim. Mm. Uh, mm. and, um, yeah, and it just... Uh, You've been uh, ill ever since? Well, <laughs> <laughs> apparently my therapists thinks, <laughs> think that I need some help, yeah. But, um, no, I mean, honestly, I wouldn't change a thing because I had a unique opportunity, and I worked with unique people yep. at a unique time, and uh, yep. it, what a time the 70s, 80s, and 90s were in this industry that we love so much. It was, Absolutely. It, it was great.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I got no complaints. The, the 6 p.m., days, do they stand out for you, 6pm and then and PM FM? They stand out for you as yeah. your absolute peak? Enormously.
2: I um, had to make a decision because 6KY, the station I loved and worked for with Channel 9, uh, I had to let go two jobs because 6KY uh, turned beautiful music. Mm. And I, what was I then? I was uh, I was 20. Mm. And I thought, oh, man, I don't like Andre Costellanos that much. <laughs> and I don't like James Last at all. <laughs> 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 so that's what they, they reverted from, you yeah. know, Slade, you know. Yeah. Goodbye to change, you know. <laughs> and uh, I, I was doing drive. Believe it or not, yeah. they put me on drive. I, I didn't know this music, and I and I said, uh, "Look, guys, I uh, one day um, uh, John Burnley, God rest his soul, uh, he was PD at um, uh, that's program director at um, at six pm. He rang me up, and I was doing a, a Saturday morning show or something, and he said, I want to talk to you. Come over and uh, have a chat.'" I said okay, so I went over to Rockaby Road and Subi, and um, that's, where, that's where six pm was then. And uh, I had a chat to him, and uh, he said, "Well, we we we're looking for a couple of young guys uh, for mid dawns." I said, "Okay, I'm in," because six pm. Hey, that, in those days was mm. the mecca. Oh, I thought yeah. I'd I, I thought I'd walked into you know the Taj Mahal. It was fantastic. So I, I went back to Channel Nine and said, "Look, I'm I'm leaving." They were they were devastated. I left the kids show, and I left. Uh, the radio uh, and, and started working at um, at 6 p.m and uh, my mum and dad was you, you're sure you're doing the right thing but they you know what they did they gave me the same amount of money I was earning for both show for both things at, at nine so which was I can remember I was getting a uh, hundred dollars a week from channel nine mm-hmm. and I was getting 80 dollars a week from 6ky so they said well, okay we'll give you 180 to come across here and they did, so I went across there. And none of you, you know didn't hadn't hadn't changed, which was great. I thought I was a millionaire, uh, getting hundred and eighty, um, and yeah. So and I did I did five mid dawns, and they said, "Yep, you're pretty good." And they put me on seven to ten. There you at, go. At, Yeah. So that, and so I did three years of seven to ten, and you know teenage radio, playing the the hot hits, and uh, then um, at uh, twenty three, they put me on drive. And uh, I was the youngest uh, drive announcer in Australia at the time, and yep. um, 23 years of age. And uh, from there, in significant times, I, I really loved doing drive and yep. playing all those great 80s hits mm. that everybody is still playing today because they mm. were so good. Um, yeah, I just loved it playing all those tunes for people driving home and stuff. And that was, I think that was my biggest love that, that drive time show, which I did for uh, from 1980 to 88. And then. I was, it was, um, well, it was sad. It was happy and sad. It was, um, you know, a mixture because... My dear friend Lionel York was doing mornings and they decided to change format. And, uh, you know, the, the the old morning women's thing had become a bit old hat and Lionel was, was a legend in the mornings. Mm. Um, and they decided to let Lionel go and they put me into mornings, Yeah, which is nice. Yeah. I, I said, I want to stay on drive. That's cooler than mornings, you know. They Anyway, but they had a plan. I did two years of that. And then um, they did the same to Burjo, and I hated it because in the in the Sunday Times or whatever it was, it had uh, Gary Shannon, Giant Killer, and and they were my mates. Yeah, and you know I, I a I, brutal
1: industry, isn't I? it? I
2: remembered crying, you know, and. Yeah. Because I didn't want to be the giant killer. They were guys I'd worked with for years. But you know what? I said to both of them, gosh, you know, I'm sorry. They said, it's not your fault, mate. It's just the the industry. That's what they they want. And and wish me luck, and they were great. And, you know, I would do the same. Uh, I always kept in my mind, if it ever happened to me, I'd do the same because Mm -hmm. it's no one's fault, as you know, Tim. Yeah, it's
1: just a cycle, isn't it? Yeah, it is, yep. Um, We need to take another break, Gary. But after that, I want to hear from you your finest, most outrageous moments uh, through your time then on Breakfast Radio, because I'm sure there's quite a list. You're going to have to pick out the, the best of the best. Okay. That's coming up after the break. This is Inspiring Stories. Back with more soon.
0: You're listening to another inspiring story brought to you by Barra and O'Day, because the little things are everything. This is Inspiring Stories with Tim McMillan on 882 6 br brought to you by Barra and O'Day, because the little things are everything.
1: Welcome back to Inspiring Stories. We're about to hear, I don't know if they're going to be inspiring, Gary, but they might be outrageous and probably things that you wouldn't get away with. Yeah, in this year.
2: Well, actually, I'm just pleased to be here. I've survived two segments. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> incredible.
1: <laughs> but oh, uh, yeah, ask still get it t- past the lawyers, Don't worry. <laughs> whatever you, yeah, right. Whatever you, um, whatever you want to ask me, just ask me, mate. Well, look, I mean, the '90s was a, you know, was a, it was a good time to be alive. Really, wasn't it? Very good. Very good. <laughs> you well, know, you're. Uh, I hate to use this phrase, but you know the young kids use it a lot. Living your best life, shall we say, Gary? Well, well I was, and um you're at the peak of your powers. Uh, you yeah. know, things I, are going well. You're a man about town. I was firing on all cylinders. Still a lot of hair then? Yeah, it's all gone now.
2: <laughs> the reputation, the hair, everything. No, uh, uh, you um, and Redman,
1: yep. um, Amanda you know, Walsh, yeah, Amanda Walsh, and then Jay Marwick. Yep. You guys just killed it on air. Yeah. Um, but did a lot of things that, let's be honest, you wouldn't be able to do now.
2: Absolutely, and the timing was uh, impeccable because I'd been saying to uh, some of my colleagues when I was still doing uh, Drive and the, the the morning show, I I said one day I'm going to do the best breakfast show that this city's ever done because I had all these ideas yeah. where, where, where most people thought they were outlandish, but I thought I can I can get away with this by doing that and that by doing this, and you know I had I had a lot of lot of ideas which I wanted to to try and you know yeah. use. Utilize, and I finally got the opportunity when I, got, I went to breakfast in early 1990. Um, and uh, yeah, I, 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 um, I, I threw a few thing, things in place like crazy calls and Worst Oak yeah. Wednesdays. And,
1: Which you wouldn't be able to do now, would and, you? And, and no und- I mean, having doing an accent now. You no. can't do an accent without people getting cranky.
2: Don't know how they'd feel about No Undy Monday. No. Uh, <laughs> exactly. And, and just think, and, and the challenges that we did and, and crazy stuff. And I had this wonderful um, guy that I'd met at Gobbles nightclub, hadn't done radio before, <laughs> and his God name was Paul Redmond. The <laughs> And what a he's he's he was the world's greatest sidekick. He yeah. was just fantastic. He was always on the front line. One of his fame, well, many famous things that Paul and I got up to, but uh, a lot of people still talk about a couple of those things. And that was uh, the dolphins on the beach. Did, did did you know that story, Tim? No. Oh, the dolphin. It was a, we always did April Fool's Day eggs yeah. back in those days, but they don't do them anymore because everyone's Get terrified. of Loud. Yeah, terrified. Yeah, and and crazy calls too. They don't do those. Oh anymore. no way. Thanks to Sydney for that. But anyway, um, yeah, this particular, we we did some great uh, April Fool's gags, but this particular one uh, made the news in New York and um, London. It went global as the world's greatest ever um, April Fool's Day, joke. Yeah, and then, yeah well, down, down, and down under, this uh, Redman uh, Gary Shannon on the station. All, all yeah. these news items coming in. Uh, what it was, we said, oh, look, it's terrible. We need, we, we need your help down there at um, Swanbourne Beach. Uh, we've got a hundred dolphins on the beach, um, so we need people to help us uh, get rid of these dolphins off the beach. It's a, it's a terrible thing. Can you help us out? Well, they came from all over the world, well, not all over the state. You know, they came from Rockingham, the hills, you know, Hillary's, Whitford's, down to, down to Swanbourne Beach. Um, they reckon a thousand people turned up with wet bags and, you know, children took their kids out of school and oh, wow. everyone turned up. And the catch was April Phil, they're dolphin torches. <laughs>
1: I of said, course, back in those days, they couldn't spread the word that it was a hoax on no, was, social media. So there was that, none of I that. that. The hard way. <laughs> none of that. Everybody rolled up. and I said, But the really good on news. On April 1. So they didn't bat an eyelid. Was, this was on April 1, right?
2: April 1, yeah. yeah okay. no, one, no one got it. Oh, <laughs> if they did, they didn't say anything. But uh, Redman was down there on the beach, and he copped uh, He copped all I the flack. Did. And I was back in the studio saying, oh, mate, you'll be right. You, she'll be right. Mate, you'll be right. Just, just chat to them in your normal personality kind of way. And uh, But there was outrage, but there was also... So, a lot of hilarity. Yeah. And, um, you know, all this local TV station's covered a big time, of course, and... <laughs> It was it was you know we sorry but I said the, the one consolation the first hundred people get a free torch <laughs> <laughs> so that was one of the things that we did yeah, you know just yeah. uh, but there was many many uh, every day uh, we tried to surprise them with something and yep. uh, I think we, we we made it work um, you know uh, Redman says our top um, ratings was early uh, in the first two or three years 38 uh, percent we got
1: Thirty-eight percent. Yeah, yeah, that is—that's unheard of.
2: And right through, consistently over thirty. Yeah, so that's phenomenal. Yeah, we were pretty pleased with it, and mm. um, we didn't we, we we had a few controversial moments, of course. As I say, you, you take risks, and you know, well, um, every now and then on the news, the morning crew in disgrace again, <laughs> <Yeah>.
1: <laughs> you know. Yeah. Uh, did you see that and think, you, Beauty? Yeah, thanks for the <laughs>
2: plug. The next ratings were the best we ever had. Yeah, yeah. I bet. <laughs> yeah, so it was it was wild and reckless, and um. Uh, a lot of people, and I, I you know, I've, I'm happily retired from radio because, mm. you know, I don't think I could. Um how, yeah, how would you go
1: now? Do you think? Um, well, would would I, you feel too shackled?
2: I was asked that recently by Jane Marwick, who, of course, I, I did um, um, a great lot of the uh, morning crew with. Yeah. Um, I did a podcast with Jane, and she asked me the same question. And I said, oh, you know, I've thought deeply about it. You couldn't do it to the same extent, but I, I, I've worked out ways where you could still be a bit mischievous and kind of get away with it. Uh, but nothing like we used no. to. No. But uh, I think I think. People are still crying out for a bit of humour and a bit of, you know, rascalness. Yep. So what um,
1: podcasts are for now? Yes, I know, <laughs> but
2: they they kind of bore me. I can't can't really get into podcasts. I like live radio unless you're in it.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's right. Uh, one thing you did say in that which I thought was a brilliant line was something about political correctness, saying it. What is it? It's the best friend of the average disc jockey, or something. I like. did say that. Yeah. yeah. And how does uh, it go? Uh,
2: well, I I, I I was asked about PC and yeah and. Uh, And uh, it's sort of, um, you know, comedians have lost their jobs and radio's changed, uh, television's changed all through this political correctness and the snowflakes are winning uh, big time. And and I just said, you know, it it, it does come in handy for some people because uh, your average radio announcer... It was never going to be entertaining. who was never going to be uh, uh, hilarious because uh, they don't have the talent to do it. Uh, and I, I mean this in the kindest possible way. And <laughs> sure. uh, but there there are a lot of them. And uh, you know they were never going to entertain us like the way that we should be
1: entertained yeah. on the radio because they won't offend either. So n- no,
2: they won't. Well, no, 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 so, no. So that's why you get the time and temperature jocks who just say hmm. You better get the washing in by two because there'll be a shower or two after that. At 17 past seven, you know, go to an ad. Um, yeah, I couldn't – I couldn't. I, couldn't li- I would no. be bored.
1: You would. Yeah. You'd go mad.
2: I'd go totally mad go the go first mad. hour. Yeah. But, um, yeah, so uh, I'd have to – you know, I'd have to take a few risks, I reckon. And if yep. I, I – got the boot, I got the boot, Yeah. So, But I'd, I'd, I'd take it on the chin.
1: Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you lost your great mate, Redman. Yes. Uh, yep. Not too long ago.
2: March 5th. Th- yeah. th- this year, uh, Paul had uh, decided uh, he'd might like to go and live down in the country and he moved to Augusta. Uh, he'd, before that, I must tell you, he was living with me yeah. for f- five years. And uh, I was exhausted. I said, I've got to, I've got to, I've got to go to a resort, <laughs> go and live in a resort or something, because I can't hack this anymore. <laughs> and, uh, I mean, we, we, were, we were members of all the, the Scarborough Sportsman's Club and all the sports clubs. We were yep. having a ball. Yep. Um, Paul's marriage had broken down. He had nowhere to go. I said, well, come come and stay with me for a mm. couple of months and sort yourself out. He was there for five years. Then he, he wanted to – He
1: didn't really no, sort himself out, did he? <laughs> no, he didn't.
2: He made himself very, very at home, to tell you the truth. But uh, – Great guy. I love him with all my heart. I miss him every day. Yeah, uh, We did extraordinary things together. We just clicked. Uh, he was more of a nightclub guy. He had a band called um uh, The Night After at Gobbles, nightclub. Night club. That's where I met him. Uh, and he was hilarious. And I thought, mm. this guy's all right, you know. And he became the greatest radio sidekick of all time, I think. And mm. uh, he was such an asset to the morning crew, you know, yep. as much as I was. And um, he was... He was very special and a very special friend. Yeah. Uh, and he, as, as I say, Tim, I miss him very, very much. But he went down to Augusta, lived there for a while, then moved to Vass. And sa- he was so sick in the last few years. He yep. had everything known to mankind and um, he had a stroke which really upset him and he didn't want to be seen like that. So in the end, he, he just passed away, yeah.
1: Yeah, great so, memories though.
2: Very, very great. Yep. I-, I miss him every day.
1: Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, after the break, Gary, we're going to go even further back. Into your past yep. and uncover why Gary Shannon is not your real name.
2: I'm getting your drift.
1: Yeah, <laughs> just wording you up. This is inspiring story is Gary Shannon, aka TBC.
0: Yep. Uh, coming right up after the break. You're listening to another inspiring story brought to you by Barra and O'Day because the little things are everything. This is Inspiring Stories with Tim McMillan on 882 6 BR. Brought to you by Barra and O'Day. Because the little things are everything.
1: And welcome back to Inspiring Stories. Tim McMillan is my name. My special guest is Gary Shannon. But Gary... Mm-hmm. This is one of many names that you've taken on over the years. Some of them behind your back, yes, even in an official sense.
2: Some of them on notes at school. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, um, we have I know oh, this. We could spend a whole hour just yes. on this backstory because it's it's quite remarkable. But can you just give us go in order if you like? Okay, just give us the the join the dots mm-hmm. for us.
2: Okay, I will. Well, I I was born yeah uh, with the name Michael David Watts. Um, that is because uh, of an extraordinary story from uh, a guy who was a Welshman. Um, he came out here very young, uh, got an Adelaide girl pregnant. Yep. Uh, jumped, he, ship. jumped ship. Jump ship. Yeah. Yep. He was a, a merchant seaman. Yep. Uh, jumped ship and uh, uh, fell in love with this young Adelaide girl. She got pregnant. Uh, she came from a very Victorian family. Mm-hmm. So they ran away. Uh, together and lobbed in Perth, Western Australia. Um, down the, and they lived behind a street called Gildercliffe Street in um, in Scarborough. The doctor was down on the corner uh, and wanted to put this baby up for adoption, which who was me. Mm. And so I was born. And the people in the in the next street, Gildercliffe Street, uh, were my mum and dad who adopted me. Amazing. Yeah, and they would picked me up. Um, uh, uh, from hospital at uh, I think I was six or seven days old, uh, and went home and grew up in uh, Guildcliffe Street in Scarborough. And went to Guildcliffe Primary, or no, no, no sorry, um, North Scarborough Primary it was called then. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, that 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 was the first episode. So I, I, I became uh, Trevor George Backshall, in the fame, the famous Backshall family, mm. part of the town. And all that. Phil was my cousin. Mm. Uh, so uh, I. As, as I've taught a lot of people, I felt like I'd won lotto when I got um, yep. adopted because they were just such wonderful people. They already had a little girl that they adopted who became my sister. And we grew up as a family. I, at times, I'm sure we forgot when we were adopted because it was so yeah. normal. And we had yep. you know, normal uncle, uncles and aunties and cousins and big yep. families. And it was just fantastic. Christmas was, you know, extremely... Um, Appreciated because uh, everybody got together and it was a lot of fun times yep. growing up. I and I had an uncle with a farm down Denmark, which I spent a lot of time growing up there. Um, at what so,
1: age did you become aware?
2: Uh, always knew yep. uh, my mother, uh, God rest her soul, she's a beautiful woman. She uh, all I can remember is that, um, from a very early age, she told me and my sister that we were very special children. Yeah, um, we, we, uh, um, uh, so special that we uh, have parents that really loved and uh, wanted children, and uh, that is why um, you became our son and daughter. And you were that, she explained adoption, mm. uh, but you know you 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 know that you'll be loved for life with uh, the, the parents and family uh, that you have because uh, we wanted you so badly, and um, that's why. Uh, i I really appreciated them and uh, I did my best to uh, make them feel proud and didn't did my best in most things uh not to embarrass them <laughs> you know because <laughs> uh, I, I, I i I didn't feel like I owed them, but I felt like I wanted to make them proud of me because yeah. um, of what they'd done for me Yeah, and my sister. Mm. She feels the same. Yeah. And uh, we had a wonderful uh, childhood growing up. My dad was uh, like Daniel Boone. He he loved fishing and hunting. And every weekend we were away down, down the bush and down the farm at, at school holidays. And, you know, uh, awesome times. Great memories. I thought I was Huckleberry Finn. I really yeah. did. Yeah. So uh, that's another name I had, Huckleberry Finn. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so then um, – uh, should I continue on with the names? Go for it. Yeah, I got into radio, um, and in those days, for some reason, they found it necessary to you know give these guys uh, good radio names.
1: So Gary Shannon was your radio person. Yeah. That was like yeah. a stage name. So if it's like Lionel York, not his real name either.
2: Uh, Harold Wiggett. <laughs> yeah. Um, and all those guys, Berjo? but, uh, no, I think John's name. Oh, you'd never know. He'd never tell the truth. No, exactly.
1: <laughs> but you might be able to. <laughs> oh,
2: yeah. Well, um, but you know, uh, there was uh, Sam West, uh, was Michael was, who's still a good friend of mine. Yeah. Uh, a famous talkback announcer, uh, Jeff Bradley. He was Lionel Ziegelman. His real name. Oh. Uh, uh, yeah, Jim Beam, of course, was um, Errol Battersby, uh, and so many. Yeah, most of the guys on the air.
1: Uh, it's a peculiar thing, really, when you think about it, isn't it. But you know,
2: in, in those times, look at look at Hollywood and uh, showbiz. That, no one's got a real name there either. Well, no, they use pseudos.
1: Yeah, or whatever. So when did you? When did when did Gary Shannon become? you know, your settled name.
2: When I first went on the air at 6NA Narogen, which was owned by 6KY, yeah. um, the, the guy down there in yeah, Carl Graham, his name was, had a stroke, mm-hmm. um, which, pardon the pun, turned out to be a stroke of luck for me because I was this cart boy and they said, you want to be an announcer, don't you kid? Jump in there and do the do the breakfast show to Narogen uh, next to the Jeff Bradley who's in the KY studio. And I was like, 16 I think I was mm. uh, and that's when it all started I did a few yep. shifts and then they put me on mid-dawn at 6KY yep. uh, but then they said um, you know I can remember going across the pub yeah yeah I was 16 <laughs> going across the pub with uh, Errol Battersby who had just joined the station uh, Graham Cherry uh, Rick Melbourne there's another one Rick's name is Ricardo Madorno or something like that <laughs> um, and anyway uh, we went across the pub and we were sitting there and um, Gary Roberts had just joined the station too and uh, the program director had been reading a magazine where they had a Gary Roberts. They had a, a station in America, um, in L.A., a station there. They had a Gary Roberts. They had a Jim Beam. So Errol Battersby automatically became Jim Beam. He had the wild red hair yep, and he looked yep. like a Jim Beam. <laughs> and then they said they've also got a Gary Shannon. Uh, in um, in the station in America, and they say you're Gary Shannon. I said who, what, yeah. who? why? No, that's just the way it is. It's a, it sounds pretty cool, you know, Gary Shannon. And uh, actually, I went to I went to America once, and I, I'm driving down. I was going. Yeah, Driving to Baton Rouge from New Orleans, and this guy, you know, you know deep southern voice comes and says, Yeah, get a, you are know, listening to uh, Shannon Gary. <laughs> his name is Shannon Gary. So, yeah, I wonder, wonder if that was his real it's name. It's in the name. Yeah. yeah. But that's, uh, yeah, that's how it happened. That's how the Gary Shannon thing mm. came about. And I, I, I changed it by depol because I got picked up by the coppers once uh, for rolling through a stop sign. And uh, <laughs> you did have your license at that point? Yeah. Yeah. I was 22 or yeah, 21. Right. And, yeah. Um, they said, you know, they went back on the two-way and talked to Central and this, that, and the other. They said, how come you're driving this car? It's not licensed in your name. Well, I said, well, it is. And why, why are you carrying this uh, license that says uh, Trevor Bachel when, when we know who you are, Gary? And I said, oh, look, I know you've had to explain. That's my right. They said, come back to Central, you know. And I said, no, 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 no. Let me – and they said, "All oh, right." and they go explain it to them. Then at the airport, I got dragged into a little room when I was trying to leave the country – for using a, a false um, pass, passport. Um, and I said to my mum and dad, I said, I'm going to have to get some legal documents in in the name of Gary Shannon because I'm getting arrested and, and I'm, <laughs> I, they're threatening to throw me in jail. And my, to their credit, once again, they were just wonderful people. They said, that's cool. So I, yeah. I, they, they actually helped me change it by deep mm. and – and uh, yeah, so I guess I've been legally Gary Shannon longer than any other name, really. Yeah.
1: So that, yeah, that's how that came about. Probably going to stick with it for now. Well,
2: well my son's Jake Shannon, you know, say so okay? Yeah, exactly. Uh, go, you know, so guess what, son? Uh, I've changed my name back to Trevor Baxwell. <laughs> <Mactual. laughs> Where does that leave me? <laughs>
1: yeah. Uh, uh, so, yeah, uh, uh, man, what's in name? Yeah, uh, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Well,. A lot of your uh, a name and a voice that's familiar to so many people. Gary, it's been fascinating hearing some of your stories. I wish we had five Fun. times as long so we could hear some more. But unfortunately, we're out of time. Thank you so much for coming in and sharing your story. It's been very <laughs> Very entertaining. Probably the easiest one I've ever had to do. Oh, good yeah, on you, Sim. And,
2: uh, yeah, <laughs> we'll do another one in five years. Who knows what's going to happen?
1: <laughs> good yeah. luck to you, Who mate. knows what your name will be by then. <laughs> You've been listening to Inspiring Stories here on 882 6PR. Don't miss out on the little moments because the little things are everything. We look forward to you joining us again next time as we unearth another WA Inspiring Story.
0: You're listening to another inspiring story brought to you by Barra and O'Day. Because the little things are everything.
2: Sorry about the noise. My
0: neighbour's sanding his deck. My motto? Don't work on your deck. Play on it. Life's good with a Trex deck. Low maintenance with a 25-year residential warranty. Trex, the world's number one decking brand.